sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to a Friday Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well, including SportsGrid.com slash watch, where you can find your favorite destination to consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this lovely spring Friday as we enter a playoff weekend all around the sports landscape. It is the postseason time of year. Playoffs around the association. Game number threes around the NBA starting last night. Game number twos on the third night of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs as well. The fourth night, excuse me, of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have a full breakdown of everything that is happening in playoff hockey on this Friday as we set the stage for your sports weekend. We bring you up until 11 a.m. Eastern time live right here on the grid on this Friday on the morning after a triple header of game number threes as this next stage of the NBA playoffs began last night and it started with a chippy contest inside the Barclays Center in Brooklyn between the Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. Of course, Philly dominant, cruising to two easy victories in their first two games in the city of brotherly love and booked as a four and a half point favorite last night on the road for the first time this series in game number three against the Nets. And again, the story of this game was chippiness and ejections late in the first quarter Nick Claxton steps over Joel Embiid the MVP frontrunner swings his leg up into the air and into the nether regions of Nick Claxton Joel Embiid gets a tech but he is not thrown out of the game and for the interaction Nick Claxton also a technical foul we'll get to the final score that we just showed there in just a moment James Harden in the third quarter defended by a Brooklyn net defender swings his arm into the nether regions of that player as well and he is ejected after a flagrant two. And then in the fourth quarter of a very competitive contest, Nick Claxton dunks on Joel Embiid, stares him down, but okay, it's the playoffs. He just jumped on the MVP front runner, and he was issued his second technical foul and ejected from the game. NBA officiating making their mark last night inside the Barclays Center. But Although Joel Embiid didn't do much offensively, and he really hasn't been all that productive on the offensive side of the floor this series, as you can see, only 14 points and 10 boards last night. He entered averaging 23 points per game in 12 boards. That has now ticked down. He made the defensive play of the game under 10 seconds remaining with Philly up by a couple of scores. He gets a stop, a game ceiling block that allowed Philadelphia to come down hit a couple of free throws they make another defensive play and they win by five which is very convenient as Philadelphia was booked as a four and a half point favorite 
Now, Philly wins game number three, 102.97. The total staying under 209 once again. Two consecutive unders in this series. Philly is booked as a five and a half point favorite for game number four this weekend. Minus 240 on the money line. That's pretty much the odds for Philadelphia to sweep Brooklyn, which was the most likely outcome according to the series correct score entering last night's game number three, a plus 120 price now becomes minus 240 as Philly is one win away from an opening round sweep over the Brooklyn Nets. A welcome to our sports grid radio audience here. The opening hour of a playoff Friday live right here on the morning after Sirius XM channel 159 all of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well I am Ben Stevens injuries have already been a narrative throughout this opening round of the NBA playoffs Giannis Antetokounmpo Tyler Hero in the Milwaukee Miami series John Morant absent from game number two for the Grizzlies against the Lakers and for game number three last night in Los Angeles midway through the afternoon a stunning update Kawhi Leonard ruled out of game number three for the Clippers due to a right knee injury. Because of that, Phoenix moves from a three-point favorite for game three with a series tied at one game apiece to a seven-and-a-half-point favorite prior to tip. Now, Phoenix goes on the road to Los Angeles, wins by five, 129-124. They covered the number earlier in the day, but not the number after Kawhi Leonard was ruled out with that right knee sprain Devin Booker another monumental night for Phoenix following 38 points and a huge fourth quarter in game number two he scores 45 last night for the Phoenix Suns who was going to step up for Kawhi Leonard well when you looked at LA we thought Russell Westbrook was going to lead that charge he did he finishes with 30 Norman Powell scores 42 points so D-Book had 45 Norm had 42 dueling 40 point games for the second consecutive night in the NBA playoffs because if you remember on Wednesday evening Anthony Edwards scored 41 to be matched by Jamal Murray's 40 in the Minnesota Denver series the first ever time in NBA playoff history we have seen back-to-back nights of dueling 40 point games Kevin Durant efficient last night as well 28 points 11 of 11 from the free throw line and the recipe for success is there once again for Phoenix maybe depth not on the side of the Suns but with that loaded starting five all five starters score in double figures now Phoenix a heavy favorite to win this series against the LA Clippers as the Suns take a 2-1 series advantage we'll go around the Western Conference check in on a monumental game in Golden State up next live right here on the morning app sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back to a Friday Live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. Game number threes, a triple-header slate of them last night in the NBA postseason. The first game of game number threes at this stage of the NBA playoffs in Brooklyn, inside the Barclays Center. It was a chippy night 
Two players ejected, one on each side. In the third quarter, James Harden for Philadelphia following a flagrant two for Brooklyn in a competitive fourth quarter. Their big man, Nick Claxton, sent early to the locker rooms after picking up his second technical foul. Here's Brooklyn's head coach, Jacques Vaughn, on how game number three played out last night in Brooklyn. Jacques, going off that first tech, what did you make of how that all ended with Nick and the tech and Embiid staying in the game? I don't think I've ever seen that in my career before, Alex. For a guy to uh, intentionally kick someone uh, in an area that none of us want to be kicked at or towards and uh, uh, for him to continue to play. I've never seen that before. Um, in a game, and a guy continues to be able to play. Intentional. That was Jacques Vaughn responding to what Joel Embiid and Nick Claxton were involved in in the first quarter. Nick Claxton stepping over JoJo. JoJo swings his leg up, that being Embiid, to the nether region of Nick Claxton. Both issued a technical, but Joel Embiid allowed to stay in the basketball game. We now welcome on one of our associate producers here in the morning, a wonderful basketball mind, Andrew Bocci-Galupo. Bocci, you watched what was happening last night in Brooklyn. The crowd inside the Barclays Center was not too pleased that Joel Embiid was able to continue playing in that basketball game against the Nets and what turned out to be a very competitive game number three. Botch, what was your reaction to Joel Embiid playing the entirety of the game and not forced out by the officiating crew? I was confused. Something like that with Joel Embiid in that situation. It was clearly intentional well after the play. I get that it is playoff basketball and playoff basketball gets physical. It gets rough. But you are Joel Embiid going up against Nicholas Claxton. Like, come on, man. We know you're 10 times better than Nicholas Claxton. You do not have to be going out there and embarrassing yourself. Am I shocked that he was not ejected from the game? Not really. I don't think... Embiid should necessarily be ejected for something like that, although it was clearly intentional and he was clearly making an effort to injure Nicholas Claxton there. But I think if you're going to make that ruling on James Harden later in the game and then eject James Harden for something like that, then earlier in the game you have to eject Joel Embiid for that because I think if you look at the two plays side by side that the Joel Embiid play was worse than what James Harden did. James Harden, that's a typical move for him when he's attacking the rim, using that left elbow to get his defender off of his body. It just so happened that in that instance, that when he threw that elbow and his arm forward, that it happened to hit Mikal Bridges right in the lower midsection area. The Joel Embiid one was clearly intentional. I don't think the Harden one was intentional. I think it was just a result of the play and a result of what James Harden was trying to do in attacking the basket. So dirty plays around, but hey, that's physical playoff basketball. You can't be too mad about the play. You just have to be happy about the play that these guys are going out there playing this aggressive style of basketball, given where the series is at now with Philly up 3-0. And when you look at what happened, Botch, late in that basketball game, it wasn't James Harden. It wasn't really Joel Embiid on the offensive side of the floor. Tyrese Maxey pacing Philadelphia for a second consecutive game. 25 points, a huge game opening or game leading at the time. Three-pointer late under the final minute in that first or in that fourth 
quarter. Mikhail Bridges great on the other side for Brooklyn. Botch the Nets right now, a five and a half point underdog for game number four this weekend. Do you think the Nets can scratch one across and keep this series going to a fifth game in Philadelphia? I would love to say that the gentleman sweep can be in full effect here, but I think if Brooklyn was going to win a game this series, it was last night. They held the Sixers mm. to under 100 points for a large stretch of that game yet again, and then it was that bogus, bogus final play of the season, really, for the Brooklyn Nets. This next game, who cares what it was? That was the final play of the season last night, an inbounds play, down by three, eight seconds, and Royce O'Neal throws it into the backcourt where the Sixers could grab the ball, and cover the spread. It is over for the Brooklyn Nets. They have played great defense, swarm switching, holding and beat to under 25 points the last two games, but they cannot score the basketball. They need an effective point guard that can handle the ball and score. Spencer Dinwiddie is not that guard. Maybe that guard was sitting courtside last night and Damian Lillard, he took a little bit of the action in at Barclays Center last night. Is he going to Philly? Is he going to Brooklyn? Who knows? But the Nets need some upgrades, and they need some upgrades at that point guard spot. Maybe it's Damian Lillard. Who knows? Maybe so, Botch. Maybe that will be the optimism this offseason for Brooklyn. 26 points again for Mikhail Bridges last night. Entering the game, the most likely outcome for this series as the odds saw it. Philadelphia in a sweep, plus 120. The Sixers now a five-and-a-half-point favorite for game number four. It's minus 240 on that money line for that early line that we have for game number four. That's pretty much what you can think of for this series to end in a sweep. Game number three last night in San Francisco between Golden State and Sacramento. Botch the Warriors desperately needing a victory. No Draymond Green suspended for this third game of the series, but no issue for Golden State. They keep Sacramento under 100 points. They win by 17. 114-97 last night inside the Chase Center. Botch being back home is a great thing for the Golden State Warriors. They cover as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. This year at home, 28-13-1 and one against the spread. It is the best cover percentage in all of the association. How vital of a victory was that for Golden State last night? Massive. You can't put yourself in a three-hole deficit, but then again, it's not a series until a home team loses. Warriors at home, they take a win, they have another game at home, and then you could even up the series and head back to Sacramento, tied up at two. Golden State experienced, we know that. There's nothing else I need to say more about the Golden State Warriors. A dominant win yeah. in the postseason. Steph Curry, 36 points. I mean, how many times have we seen this before? Expect them to go out, win next game, 2-2 series, headed back to Sacktown. This is going to be an incredible series. Back and forth, home teams will have the advantage on the spread every single time. Money line, it's going to be a pick em nearly every game, but they're going to give the advantage to the home team. Great performance by the Warriors. Without Draymond Green, I was curious to see how they'd play without him. They scrape away with a victory, dominant victory. Steph Curry does what he does best. Entering last night, Botch, the Kings were a series outright favorite with that 2-0 series lead, minus 174. But the Warriors always had a better price to win the West. And after they take their first game of this series against Sacramento, the Dubs, now a slight outright favorite again, minus 126 to win this opening round series. More game threes tonight, Botch, including in New York, inside Madison Square Garden. The Knicks, a two-point home favorite against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And how lucky are we entering this weekend to have the Andrew Bocci Galupo Friday night parlay? Bocci, take us through it. 
How about this? This one's going to be a fun one. I threw in the Knicks money line to start. Ben, as I get on the elevator coming into work this morning, guess who I share an elevator with? Latree Sprewell on the elevator representing the blue and orange. Latrell Sprewell, excuse me, on the elevator repping the blue and orange. Had to go with the Knicks. Let me tell you something. If you're watching MSG in the New York area and the Knicks do not play Friday Night Knicks on MSG, the little tune, the jingle that plays with the Knicks, they are an unserious franchise and they do not win any playoffs games. Friday Night Knicks, postseason, MSG, Knicks money line, game three against the Cleveland Cavs. Jared Allen, 10 rebounds in that game as well. He's done it twice in this series. He's averaging near 12 rebounds per game this season against the Knicks. Mike Conley, over 10 points. He's done it once this series. He's averaging 15 points his last five games. Jason Tatum, eight-plus rebounds. He's done double-digit rebounds in each of the games. We're rolling into a Friday night. Exciting basketball here. Playoffs, baby, right here in New York. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live right here on a Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid. It is playoff time all around the sports landscape. We hit on the hardwood first in the association. Now to the ice. The Stanley Cup playoffs continuing on last night. Another quadruple header. And we break it down here on this Friday on the morning after. The man known as Johnny Hockey, Johnny Lazarus, joins us here on the morning after. A Rangers writer for the Hockey News covering all of the sport for BR Open Ice as well. Johnny, congratulations on the new gig. We appreciate your time here on the morning after on this Friday. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate that. And it's always exciting to come on after a big win or two big wins, I should say. The Rangers coming home with a 2-0 lead in the series. So it's an exciting weekend at MSG with the Knicks and Rangers going uh, you know, back to back to back to back. I feel bad for that event staff with all the uh, the changes they have to make to the court and the ice over the weekend, but uh, it's going to be a fun time. It is going to be an electric weekend here in the Big Apple. The Knicks game number three tonight. The Rangers game number three against the Devils on a Saturday night. And because the Rangers are up two games to none, Johnny, the atmosphere inside the Garden tomorrow is going to be electric. But New York didn't have to go far for its first two games of this series, just across the Hudson River to New Jersey and the Prudential Center against the Devils. But another dominant performance for the Rangers yesterday evening. Johnny, what has worked so well for the Rangers in opening up this two-game-to-nothing series lead over the Devils? Well, a lot of people were concerned going into this series because the Devils were such a strong team off the offensive rush, but the Rangers have done such a strong job at taking that away from them. I thought going into the series, the Rangers would play a little bit more to the Devils' style, but the Rangers have really brought their game to the Devils, and they've established their dominance early. And I think the biggest thing right now that you look at in the first two games is the giveaways. The Devils have 28 giveaways. The Rangers have nine. So it's all about puck decisions and puck management. And the Rangers haven't forced plays. They've been playing smart, playing experienced. And that was a big storyline coming into this series was, you know, the team with more experience. Can they get over Can they get over the hump early? And can they come out to an early series lead? And it's shown. And, you know, for me personally, I never thought experience mattered all that much. But the Rangers have shown that it does. And the biggest thing in the playoffs, if you want to be successful, 
is a good special teams and a good goalie, and the Rangers have dominated both those areas. They're four for ten on the power play, while the Devils are one for eight on their power play. And the goaltending, I mean, what can you say about Igor Shosturkin? He's got a 1.00 goals against and a .961 save percentage. That is just inhuman numbers in the first two games in the series. And, uh, you know, it's evident he's the best goalie in this series. Vanacek with a .827 save percentage, not very strong. So Vanacek's going to have to pick up his game if the Devils have any shot at coming back and winning the series. And you saw why New York acquired one of the best American-born hockey players in history in Patrick Kane last night. A goal and two assists for the Rangers. Johnny, the Rangers entered this series as the slight series underdog outright. The Devils were the favorites at minus 125, but a short number. We expected this opening round series between these tri-state foes to be competitive. But as the Rangers take a 2-0 series lead on road ice in New Jersey, you can see there, New York, a heavy favorite entering game number three tomorrow night. What do you expect as these two teams make this short trip to Madison Square Garden tomorrow night? Well, the thing is that the people should not count the Devils out because the Devils were one of the best road teams this NHL season in the regular season, uh, you know, that being said. But to that same point, the Rangers have been so strong on home ice as well. And the way Igor Shosturkin is playing right now and the way the power play is clicking and the Devils, PK doesn't seem to have any answer for Chris Kreider. I mean, Kreider just set an NHL record for scoring two power play goals in the first two games of the series. So uh, right now, I just it's just hard to think that the Rangers can't, finish this thing out in four even because you look at the guys who have produced it's you know fox Kreider, kane hedel tarasenko lindgren the names that aren't even on that list right now are panarin and zibanejad they've been a little bit quieter in the first two games the rangers two you know biggest offensive threats haven't even gotten started yet so i think that's something scary for devils fans you know if, if the other guys are clicking right now and the, and the depth is producing you know capo caco scores a goal last night as well you know i think that's the scariest thing right just wait till mika zibanejad and panarin get going and then you know, this Rangers team can dominate even more. Right now, the Rangers, a minus 137 money line favorite for tomorrow night, game number three against the New Jersey Devils. Johnny, you saw the Eastern Conference odds flash on your screen right there. The Bees upset at home two nights ago by the Florida Panthers, but still Boston remains the favorite to win the Eastern Conference. Right now, Johnny, if you had to point to another team, who is Boston's biggest challenger atop the East? So I thought it was the Tampa Bay Lightning, but last night they had a rough go. Uh, you know, I thought Andre Vasilevsky is still the best goalie in the world, and until proven otherwise, I'm going to say that because, you know, he's obviously won the last three straight Eastern Conferences, and the Tampa Bay Lightning have been the team to beat. I mean, they were still pretty good this year. Nikita Kucherov, another 100-plus point season. Braden Point puts up 51 goals. Like, this team still has a ton of skill and that playoff grit that everyone wants to have on their own rosters. But... For Boston, I mean, I, I think the only team that can really beat them at their own game is the Lightning. The Lightning play that hard-nosed physical two-way game, and they have the strong goaltending, just like Boston does. Not saying the Rangers or the Islanders or the Hurricanes or Leafs can't beat them, but if you look at a team that matches up well against the Bruins, to me it's Tampa Bay Lightning. When you look at last night as well, the Lightning scored seven in game number one against the Leafs. Toronto responds last night with seven of their own goals to even this series at one game all. Of course, Toronto trying to snap the 17-year playoff drought of not winning a playoff series. So the Western Conference we go, where upsets have been the story so far, including the reigning Stanley Cup champs who lost game number one at home to Seattle. It was the Kraken's first ever playoff win. Johnny, and last night it seemed like 
Maybe Seattle would do it for a second straight time. A 2-0 lead after the first period before the Avalanche respond. What did last night's effort out of the Avs show you about the reigning Stanley Cup champions? I still think they're the much better team in that series. I predicted the Avalanche to win in five, and you can't win in five if you don't lose one. So uh, that's been a common saying, I think, in the playoffs this year. A lot of Devils fans are actually saying, like, you can't win in six if you don't lose two. But, uh, you know, I think the Avs just – their overall team speed, and Seattle can keep up with them, but they don't have nearly as much skill as the Avalanche do. I mean, even on the back end, Devon Tave scores that big game-winning goal, but – the Colorado blue line is arguably the strongest blue line in the entire NHL. Cam McCarr, Devontae, Sam Girard. You know, all these guys can just flat out skate, and uh, it's tough to keep up with those guys. But, you know, the Avalanche to me, it's just their overall 200-foot, you know, back-and-forth pace. Uh, they're a really hard team to skate with. And uh, Nathan McKinnon, obviously, up front. Miko Rantanen had another strong season. Uh, this team just has, from top to bottom, so much talent. And I think that's just going to – you know, I guess uh, overtake the Kraken eventually in this series. The Kraken have done a good job holding their own, but I, I don't think they have any shot at winning this thing. The Avalanche are a minus 240 favorite once again to win this opening round series outright. Johnny Colorado, the favorite to win the Western Conference, but we saw all four favorites in the series in their opening games across the Western Conference postseason. The Avs, the Golden Knights, the Oilers, the Stars lose their first game before all the favorites respond in game number two. What do you think we will continue to see in the Western Conference throughout these Stanley Cup playoffs? So this is a tough one. I mean, the Western Conference is such a weird, I guess, storyline for lack of a better term, but... You know, the Edmonton Oilers, I feel like, were the chalk pick going into the playoffs just because they were like 18-2-1 uh, to finish out the season. Obviously, they have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but there's just this yep. weird like curse around them. They just don't seem to be able to uh, get it done when when needed, when the pressure's on. Their goaltending has always been the biggest question mark, but the Oilers looked really strong in Game 2. The Kings are also a very strong team that a lot of people are sleeping on, but to me, it's the Dallas Stars, just top to bottom. Uh, the Dallas Stars have a lot of talent in Jason Robertson, Tyler, uh, Jamie Jamie, Ben, Tyler Sagan, I almost mixed that up, sorry. And then uh, Jake Ottinger and Ned, who had a really strong season. Ottinger was actually my pick to win the Vezina before the season started. He had a great year, um, you know, I think in his third season in the NHL. But the yep. Stars had a really strong reaction in game two after the game one debacle between uh, Joe Pavelski and Matt Dumba, that huge hit that didn't result in the five-minute major that most fans wanted. And then the Wild win in overtime. But a 7-3 win in game two, a strong bounce back. Dallas is a really good team top to bottom, and uh, I could see the Stars coming out of the West without a doubt. Vegas responding last night as well, a 5-2 victory over the Winnipeg Jets. Right now, it's Vegas and Dallas tied for the third best price in the Western Conference at 6-1. to So, Johnny, here we are. Game number three is around four playoff series starting tonight. For the first time in the Stanley Cup postseason, we flip home ice as you look at the four playoff matchups on this friday night johnny who do you think benefits most from being back on home ice to me it's the new york islanders uh carolina's been one of the strongest teams on home ice not only this season but for the past like five seasons uh it's a very tough place to go into and win carolina's become a really strong hockey market and the islanders played a strong game i thought um on wednesday night in game two they just yeah. you know couldn't get the bounces that they needed in overtime obviously there's a controversial call with scott mayfield and the high stick uh, I'm still 50-50 on that one, but Ilya Sorokin has definitely got to step up a little bit. He wasn't at his best, I think, in game two, but he's been strong on home ice all year long. And if you want a little betting tip, because I know we all like the betting tips on here, Islanders, Canes, under first period. If you hate if you hate money, 
don't take it because it's been a lock in the first two games. Uh, I haven't had to sweat it out at all. That's a lie. I sweated out both games. But, uh, you know, it's been uh, a good pick, and it's helped me out in the bank account. So Islanders, Canes, under first period, take it. It's money. It's easy. Put whatever number you want in the box, and that's all you'll get. I love it, Johnny. I will be betting that with you. I was convinced by NHL's Pete Jensen yesterday to bet the Islanders to come back in this series. I'm an Isles guy through and through now. Johnny Hockey, Johnny mm-hmm. Lazarus, joining us here on the morning after. A Rangers writer for the Hockey News covering the sport overall for BR Open Ice. Johnny, enjoy game number three tomorrow night inside Madison Square Garden between the Devils and the Rangers. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Have a good one. The Garden is going to be rocking this weekend. It is game number three between the Knicks and the Cavaliers tonight inside MSG as well. A preview up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to a Friday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM channel 159 all across the Sports Grid network as well. I am Ben Stevens, a huge weekend ahead in the association in the NBA playoffs. More game number threes tonight around the league, a triple header that includes a game three inside Madison Square Garden between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks. But first on this Friday, some breaking news out of the NBA. The Toronto Raptors and head coach Nick Nurse have decided to part ways. Nick Nurse has been fired as the head coach of the Toronto Raptors. That was a thought. That may happen for many around the association this postseason, and we'll see what happens at the end of this regular season. Shout out to my guy, John Shames, my producer. I can't hear a lick of what you are saying. We're dealing with some technical issues on this Friday. Nick Nurse became the head coach for the Raptors organization in 2018-2019 after serving as an assistant for five years he was really really successful starting off his time as a head coach of course an NBA championship during that 2018-2019 campaign so here is the idea as we are getting further breaking news reports on this Friday is that Toronto had already contacted Boston's former head coach in Ime Odoka who was suspended by the organization because of inappropriate workplace behavior before this season got started and then eventually was let go from his post. There is the idea that his likely replacement, that being for Nick Nurse and Toronto, that is going to be Ime Udoka. We'll see when that becomes a potential possibility here moving forward. All right, back into the playoffs tonight in the association. Again, three game number threes this evening, including one inside Madison Square Garden. The Knicks, a point and a half favorite, not all that far away from us at MSG. We are going to get ready for that game in a moment, but there's more around the association, including in Atlanta for the first time this series between the Celtics and the Hawks and in Minnesota for the first time in the Western Conference playoff series between the Timberwolves and the West's number one overall seed, that being the Denver Nuggets. Andrew Bartigalupo, 
Welcome back here to this Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid. We'll get your thoughts here in just a moment. Box, let's start with some of the other games around the Eastern Conference tonight. You were here to talk about Brooklyn and Philadelphia, where the 76ers went into Barclays and picked up their third straight win to start this series. Do you think Boston, Botch, does the same tonight in Atlanta as a five-point favorite against the Hawks? They absolutely should. The Celtics have looked dominant all series long, and the Celtics have looked like they could be the best team in the Eastern Conference, especially with the Giannis Antetokounmpo injury now to the Milwaukee Bucks. Celtics have looked dominant, and they've looked dominant on the boards, which is where I thought they'd struggle this series. Clint Capella has been a force on the glass, but guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, able to crash the boards and be effective for Boston on that part of the floor. Jason Tatum, a shout-out Kevin Walsh, leading the Boston Celtics in rebounding, leading the series in rebounding right now. Tatum's line for rebounds tonight. 10 and a half. You have to expect that he's going to be a force out there on the glass. Celtics, I think, win in dominant fashion. Jason Tatum near 30 points. Jalen Brown as well. So the Celtics right now, big spot to go up 3-0 and really dominate the Atlanta Hawks in this series. Could put an end to Trey Young possibly in Atlanta if that's the direction the Hawks may be headed. Botch, we'll see what happens because that series seems like it's very similar to what we have seen in Brooklyn between Philadelphia and the Nets. Philly right now a five-and-a-half point favorite for game number three on Saturday if the Sixers win that basketball game, a sweep of the Nets. Boston seems primed to do the same against Atlanta. Again, the Celtics a five-and-a-half point favorite tonight in the ATL. Boston booked as a favorite in 75 of 84 games this year. The Celtics, a minus 7,000 series outright favorite. All right, Botch, thank you for your time in that first Eastern Conference series. Next up, out east, not far away from us here, inside the world's most famous arena, inside Madison Square Garden. Game number three with a series tied at one game all between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks. We are very pleased right now here on TMA on this Friday to welcome on CP the franchise live right here on the morning after. CP, thank you so much for joining us here on this Friday to detail game number three between the Knicks and the Cavs tonight. Ben, happy Friday, man. Happy to be back on. It is great to have you here. An electric couple of days in store inside Madison Square Garden. And it starts tonight with game number three. CP, the Knicks last Saturday go on the road to the land. They upset the Cavaliers in game number one. Not nearly as offensive of a performance in game number two earlier this week as Cleveland evens the series with a 107-90 victory. So CP, here we are entering game three inside Madison Square Garden tonight. Who do you think is in a better spot entering game three this evening? Well, right now, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers, Ben. I mean, I was in attendance in Cleveland for game two, and and it was an absolute bloodbath. Uh, They were the aggressors in that game. Their defense really stepped up. They showed you why they were the number one defense in the NBA. And I saw three things. Number one, they attacked the head of the snake, which was Jalen Brunson. They blitzed and trapped him on the pick and rolls, got him off of his rhythm, and forced Brunson into a lot of tough shots, especially early on in the game. And I thought that had a cascading effect on the team just in terms of taking them out of their rhythm. Only 16 assists in this game total for the Knicks. Secondly, they were uh, the more physical team this time. I mean, I saw plenty of Knicks, you know, looking at their mouth, checking for blood because they, they were just dropping like flies out there. The Cavaliers won the rebound 
rebounding battle in game two and just were really the aggressors as you expected them to be uh, being down one and having more of a sense of urgency. And number three, defensively, I just thought that they kept the Knicks offense very stagnant. You know, the, the Knicks allowed those traps to set in. They, they turned the ball over a ton, which led to over 25 Cavaliers points off of turnovers. And the Knicks role players were rendered ineffective. Uh, R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, Josh Hart, uh, still not able to score the ball, especially from downtown. And I thought that was the recipe for the Cavs victory in game two. So the Cavs enter game number three tonight in New York as a slight series favorite, minus 134 outright, but it's New York as a slight favorite at home inside MSG. Just a point and a half CP on that spread. What is the biggest adjustment you expect the New York Knicks to make tonight for game number three against Cleveland? They've got to make quicker decisions against this Cavaliers defense. This Cavaliers defense is number one in the half court for a reason. And number one, it starts with the, the Twin Towers, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. But also on the perimeter, when they send those blitzes and the traps on the pick and roll, the Knicks cannot wait for that defense to set in. They've got to move the ball and move themselves a lot faster to force the Cavaliers to rotate because there's always going to be an open man. So the Knicks have got to make quicker decisions against that Cavaliers defense, and hopefully good things will follow. Number two, they've got to be the aggressors again. The Knicks were one of the best teams in the NBA in terms of second-chance points. They've got to attack the glass, especially if their shots aren't falling, and get better opportunities, second-chance opportunities, and especially from three. That's another thing from this series, Ben, is that the Knicks have not shot better than 30% from downtown. That is not going to get it done against this Cavaliers defense that does not allow a lot of paint touches. And so those are some of the keys. And then lastly, the Knicks role players. Typically in the playoffs, the old adage is that role players will typically step up at home. Emmanuel Quickly, who was just snubbed for NBA Sixth Man of the Year, you hope he's got a chip on his shoulder because the Knicks desperately need his offense. Quentin Grimes, they could use his three-point prowess. R.J. Barrett, although he's been facilitating well, they need R.J. to get some points up on the board as well. So look for the Knicks role players to assert themselves in this game. And when you look at the leaders of that Knicks rotation, Jalen Brunson has the highest points prop for game number three tonight. It's 24 and a half. Julius Randle, just a point behind that at 23 and a hook. CP, in your estimation, who is more important for the Knicks to win game number three tonight and have success the rest of this series? It's Brunson. He's the head of the snake. He's the point guard. He's the stabilizing force for this team. He has to manage that balance between going out and getting his shots, but also setting up the team and getting the offense into a rhythm. Luka Doncic is no longer here. This is his show at the highest stage. So that balance is going to be quite key. What I saw in game two was him hunting his shots a little bit too early in the game. And I thought that had a cascading effect on the offense. So he's got to get them going early. Also find some rhythm for his shots, but he's also the closer. And that's why I say he's more important than Randall because when it comes down to crunch time in the fourth quarter, if this game gets tight, it's number 11, Jalen Brunson, who's going to have the ball in his hands, who's going to have to deliver for the Knicks to get a W in game three. On the other side for the Knicks defensively against Cleveland, we saw Donovan Mitchell go off for 38 points in game number one. He was facilitating very well in game number two with 13 dimes. It was Darius Garland leading the way for Cleveland in game number two with 32 points. Right now, CP, Donovan Mitchell still the favorite to be this series leading scorer. He's averaging better than 27 points per game. His prop tonight 
is 29 and a half. As you look at the two rosters and you look at what the Knicks need to do defensively, what is the key for Tom Thibodeau's team on that end of the floor? Similar to how they attack Jalen Brunson is how they need to attack both Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. Give them uh, uh, various looks. Blitzing them in the pick and roll, trapping them in the pick and roll, sending hard double teams, uh, hedging hard on, on those pick and rolls, showing hard on those pick and rolls because you can't let those guys get into a rhythm. Both Mitchell and Garland are two of the best spot-up shooters in the NBA, both around the 84th percentile in pull-up jump shots. So you really can't give them much room. That means... Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, if those are the primary defenders, get over those screens. Do not give them a lot of airspace. In the pick and roll, in that drop coverage, Isaiah Hartenstein has to get up on the level to show those guys a little bit, you know, hey, you, you can't get into the paint, and you're going to have to take tough shots. That's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to try to get these guys off of a rhythm uh, because they can kill you. As you saw in game two, when Garland wanted to elevate his game, he could do so. This is a bona fide all-star as well. And so, you know, Spider and Garland are going to be uh, two tough players to tangle with, especially at Madison Square Garden. You hope Donovan Mitchell doesn't try to put on a show at home. You know that he might because that was a storyline this offseason. Trying to bring the Spider back to the Big Apple. Jalen Brunson, though, leading the way now for the New York Knicks. So here we are, CP. Friday night Knicks in the postseason, in the NBA playoffs, inside yeah. Mad Madison Square Garden. We are tied at one game apiece in this series. Cleveland, again, a slight series favorite. CP, the rest of the way, what is your series prediction now for New York and Cleveland? Well, Ben, I said Knicks in six, and I'm not moving off of that prediction. Right after this interview, I'm getting ready to shoot down to Madison Square Garden, get changed, get to the Garden. The energy is going to be electric. The Garden's going to be rocking on a Friday night. I'm saying Knicks take three and four. They go back to Cleveland and lose a tough one and five and finish it back in the world's most famous arena. Knicks in six, Ben. Knicks in six was the prediction to start. It remains that way. The second most likely outcome, by the way, from the series correct score odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook is for New York to win in six plus 320. The odds expecting this series to potentially go the distance as well. CP, the franchise, the creator of Knicks Fan TV, getting ready for a huge Friday night game inside Madison Square Garden. CP, thank you so much. Enjoy what is going to be one of the most electric atmospheres we have seen this postseason tonight. Going to be a good one, Ben. Thanks again and have a great weekend. Same to you, CP. We appreciate your time as always. More of the morning after up next live right here on Sports Grid. We end out our opening hour by hearing from you. That's next on TMN. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our opening hour together here on this Friday live on the morning after on Sports Grid. I'm Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us on Sirius XM channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid network. Now, if you want more Sports Grid content, in fact, if you want the ultimate sports betting companion app, the Sports Grid app is now live. Download it at the Apple App Store so that for your favorite sport, your favorite team, your favorite league, you can follow 
everything that you need. A daily data set to make you a better sports better, to give you all the information that you need for your best bets, and it links to whatever you want out there to make sure you have all the information in your phone, literally in your phone, at your fingertips, each and every time you want to lay a wager and have your best bet, and it's a great place to follow along with all the content we have here at SportsGrid. We always love hearing from you. It's part of our data set. We do that now live right here in Fade the Public. Who would you make the favorite to win the NBA's Eastern Conference at this moment? Is game number three for the Celtics and the Hawks is tonight in Atlanta. Game number three for the Bucks and Miami is tomorrow in South Beach. All year long, we have seen a jockey, a battle at the top between these two teams, really for the NBA's best overall record, and of course, that number one spot in the Eastern Conference, even from the odds perspective. The public says right now at Sports Grid TV on Twitter, if they were the odds maker in the risk room, setting the favored side for the Eastern Conference championship, it would be Boston nearly 59% of the vote. However, at this point, Milwaukee is the favorite to win the East, plus 125, 50 cents ahead of the Seas. But Boston, a minus 7,000 favorite to beat the Hawks in their opening round series, up two games to none. The Bucks tied at one game all. We're not sure about Giannis's health. They're a minus 550 favorite against the Miami Heat. That does it for hour number one. Hour number two is up next from a familiar face here on the Sports Grid Network. A Sports Grid news update from Andrew Bacigalupi.